0: Welcome to Walking in Victory. This is your host, Sean Moreno. I hope you're having a fantastic day. I know that I'm having a great day. It's a Friday, and I got to work, and I got to even have an interview uh, earlier today, too, that went well. So just really appreciative of the opportunities coming my way. And yeah, I just feel like there's a shift going on in my mind, uh, even just in the past month. And that's what I wanted to talk about today. And so, uh, if you listen to my last episode, I had my good friend Christian on, and uh, he shared his testimony and, and blessed the show and was very open and honest about his story and uh, what God has been doing in his life even currently. And so, Christian and I have been good friends just for the past few months, and he's made a honestly a great impact on my life and it's just been inspiring to watch him just pray for others and in public and just... Uh, just be bold in his faith and be able to share and express himself well. And uh, something that he turned me on to was a pastor uh, and his name is Damon Thompson. And I highly recommend you go check out Damon Thompson ministries, but uh, it's some, some guy in Mobile, Alabama, and he's got that Southern twang to him as well. And uh, I love that, but he is just on fire for the Lord. And, There's a sermon that I listened to called Pierced by Righteousness, which is what Christian shared with me uh, about a month ago. Actually, we watched it on Christmas Day. My mom had the flu that day, and I couldn't even go home to see my family. And so uh, my good friend Christian came over, and we watched that sermon together. And really, since then, it's been a life-changing shift going on in my mind because it's really it really opened up my eyes to the gospel in a whole new light. Now, I know the gospel. I've been sharing the gospel ever since I found about it myself back in 2019. And I, when I decided to, you know, commit to Christ and, and repent and all these things. And on a head level, really, and even more than that, I know the gospel. And I have seen the gospel take shape in my life and transform me in ways that I never would have imagined. But at the same time, I've been exposed to, you know, many different pastors and preachers of the Word, and uh, one of my favorite, actually, uh, that I've been listening to since 2019 is Pastor John MacArthur. Now, some of you guys may know who this is, but if not, he is a pretty well-known pastor out in Los Angeles, California area, and... He's just known for his boldness uh, in sharing the Word and in talking about the things that are uncomfortable with most Christians, right? About things like judgment and wrath and, you know, can women be preachers and all these controversial topics of, you know, homosexuality and, and all these things. And, you know, I, I've always appreciated listening to John because he's so bold in his proclamation of the Word And I think he's got a lot of wisdom in what he says. And so I've honestly been, you know, soaking in his sermons for the past three, four years now. And I've noticed, though, uh, ever since switching to the church I go to now, which is more of a charismatic church rather than MacArthur's more of like a Reformed theology, uh, I've just been opened to the Holy Spirit and, and... and praise and worship in, in a way that I've never experienced before. You know, I, I really haven't been used to people, you know, speaking in tongues or or all those different things. And uh, going to the church that I go to now, I've, I've kind of been exposed to that, and I've seen a real, true, genuine uh, desire for the presence of the Lord, for the quinonia, for the fellowship of the Lord. And I, honestly, I started going back in May to the new church, uh, and, and since then, I, I've I've been opened. Uh, my mind's been open to new ideas about who God is really, like what His character is, His heart, and the Trinity. I took a class on the Trinity back in, I want to say, from May till you know, a couple of months of last year, and I've been reading different things about the Trinity. And I I read this book called The Great Dance, which describes the the Trinity as a dance, and and the Trinity reaching down in Christ uh, to include us into that dance. And it's been such an amazing revelation. And it's funny because it's a coincidence that I started dancing last this past year as well. And so to understand that God wants to dance with us and include us in the great dance uh, is an amazing thing. And that's probably a whole nother episode right there. Uh, but I guess what I'm trying to get to is... I realized that being exposed to MacArthur has kind of given me this lens of legalism and judgment and condemnation because he is so bold in speaking about those things. And, you know, when I share the gospel, I'm really, I love to get to the part where it's like, well, here's the 10 commandments, right? Here's the law. And I like to expose uh people in their sin when i share the gospel and i think part of the reason of that is because that's kind of how i was exposed to christ in a way when i first read the word i just i saw man like jesus said if your right hand causes you to sin you know cut it off and like all these very strong hyperboles which there's truth obviously into what christ says it's nothing but the truth right but i think it comes down to what are you focusing on and what is your lens, right? And I think what's been going on is that the lens of grace has been dimmed a little bit um, and been smeared, per se. And I think that opening my heart to more of the charismatic side of, of Christianity and reading books like The Great Dance by Baxter Kruger and uh, just... Being exposed to now Damon Thompson and his his teaching of the Word, it's really a ministry of grace and love. And I think that there's been a, a few things that I've, I've noticed that I've been doing that has actually kept me in bondage when I thought it would be more freeing to be hard on myself and to beat myself up over things that I've been doing when ultimately it's really just, it's not the gospel, right? And so there's things that after I listened to that sermon about grace, about <clears throat> how it's really God's love that transforms us, it's the kindness of God. And actually I do want to read, I want to read that passage from Romans 2, 4. And I'm reading from the Passion Translation. I've just been trying to read different versions of Scripture lately, and I think this has been awesome to to. See the passion translation as well, and so it says, Do the riches of his extraordinary kindness make you take him for granted and despise him? Haven't you experienced how kind and understanding he has been to you? Don't mistake his tolerance for acceptance, for you realize that all the wealth of his extravagant kindness is meant to melt your heart and lead you into repentance, and so. What that that verse is saying, it's actually the kindness of God that produces repentance. Not the condemnation of God, or the wrath of God, or the threat of God, but the kindness of God. It actually says in this one, it says to melt your heart, right? Which is referring to, you know, you could have a heart of stone, but in Ezekiel thirty six twenty six, he says, I'm going to take that heart of stone and make it a heart of flesh and moldable, and I'm going to cause you to obey my commandments. It's not a striving to obey the commandments and a keeping a track record on yourself, but it's a yielding, and it's the kindness of God that produces that repentance and that transformation. And so some things that I... I caught myself doing and and really noticed after that sermon was, Hey, I keep a track record of my sins. <clears throat> I actually think about how long it's been since I've done this, or how did i how did I speak today? did I cuss today or did I hey did I look at someone inappropriately or hey maybe you know all these things if i'm if i'm doing these things well or if i'm doing these things bad then that's kind of the gauge of where i i am you know with my righteousness right so i've realized like hey i keep track of my sins but in the word of god it says that god remembers your sin no more and yet here i am keeping track of my own track record and because of that it's led to bondage right another thing that i've really got convicted of, and I'm so thankful for it is looking down on others rather than giving them grace. right. And I think MacArthur he he's really good at calling people out, right. And I that's something that like I respect in a way because it's it's bold. it's I'm not gonna tolerate any uh, false theology or whatever that may be. But at the same time, I feel like that there's a such thing as balance, right? And maybe he was leaning on the side of more condemnation than giving someone else grace. And so I realized, man, you know, I would look at people I know and their behavior and I'd see, you know, maybe this person drinking too much or cussing or whatever. And I would look down on them because I'm like, huh, you know, they're, they're not real Christian, you know, they're, they're living in sin, they, they don't even care, they're not even repentant of that. <clears throat> but really, is that is that the way God sees people? If you think about it, I mean, think about the woman at the well. She was caught in adultery and they the, the Pharisees, and then they wanted to stone her right there. They wanted to enforce the law. And Jesus himself, who is the fulfillment of that, stands next to her and and protects her and says I do not condemn you, you know, go and sin no more. And so Jesus sees people in the depth of their sin and still, what what was that? The kindness of God, right? That was very kind to have grace instead of condemnation in that moment. And so I've just been realizing, man, I need to have a soft heart towards everybody, even people who call themselves Christians, right? Obviously, there's blatant behavior that's that's wrong, and you know if there's an excess of that behavior, it's you know it's it's worth having a conversation over, especially if it's a brother or sister in Christ. But I think that I've taken it too far in my own mind, and have looked down on others and have a critical lens rather than a lens of grace. Uh, some other things that I've done is you know maybe feeling guilty for not giving enough money or, or tithing enough, and that's also, that's also a false gospel, right? It's not my giving that earns any righteousness. I give because God has given to me. And if I'm not giving as much as my brother or sister in Christ, I shouldn't feel less than because it's out of my own heart that I should be wanting to give. And the more that I rest in that grace, it's actually funny, the more I actually want to give rather than if I'm like, man, I have to hit a certain level in order to feel right with God. It's not how it works. Or this is another thing I've done throughout my time as a believer is paying attention to how much I'm volunteering on on a weekly or monthly basis is like, man, if I'm not volunteering, then am I, am I really a true Christian? You know, if I'm skipping out and actually taking a day to rest or whatever that may look like. And I've done that before. I've, I've been hard on myself especially when I feel like I could serve that day but rather would want to rest. But then resting in the grace of God, in in volunteering and in serving, it empowers me actually to want to serve even more, knowing that God loves me and desires that I serve, but also realizing that I can serve in any capacity. The Scripture says, whether you eat or drink, do all for the glory of God. And so, Things I've tried to do is, you know, I've tried to fix these issues by, by prayer, by fasting, by beating myself up in my mind to make myself feel guilty, when in reality, none of these things seemed to work for me. The problem was that I still had legalism in my heart. And another problem was that I had a wrong view of myself, right? Because I, our identity shapes our, our behavior, And this is something Damon Thompson said that really, really opened up my eyes. I want to share it with you. Right teaching leads to right believing. Right believing leads to right being. And right being leads to right behavior. And so what we want to do as Christians is we want to do it the opposite way. We want to fix our behavior at times and hopefully that leads to right being and right believing. But that's actually the, the last of the fruits that come from listening to clear and sound teaching of the Word of God and the grace of God. When you have the right teaching, you then can believe correctly about who you are and who God is. And if you have the right belief on who you are, and who God is, that will lead to right being. You yourself will have a being of, you'll be a beacon of light if you can understand who you are in Christ. And if you are the righteousness of God in Christ, you will behave in that way. But if you believe that, man, I'm just a sinner saved by grace, you know, I fall short all the time, Man, I maybe one of these days if I can just get it together, then you know God will accept me, and then He'll help me out. I just need to read the Bible more. I just need to fast more. I just need to give more. And all of these things are good practices, but it doesn't solve the core issue, which is your identity in Christ. Romans eight one says this. It says. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Now, it's crazy. Another thing that he said was the New King James Version actually adds this part on that I haven't read yet. And it wasn't even in the original manuscripts. But I'm going to read the second part. And I want you to realize that this was added on because of this legalistic mindset of whoever the council or whoever got together to include that into the scriptures, I want you to see that there is a lens of condemnation in this because I'll read it again. There is now, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. That second part I just read was not included in the original manuscript, but you see, if you read it that way, then you go, well, if I'm, Not walking according to the flesh, but actually if I'm listening to the Spirit, then there isn't any condemnation for me. But if I'm in the flesh, I should expect condemnation, right? And imagine living your life that way, knowing that it's based on your performance, whether or not you're right with God or not, whether you are condemned or not condemned. If it was up to me, if it was my performance, I'd be... Condemned for sure, right? Because I do fall short, and I do walk according to the flesh at times. But if I realize, look, my identity is in Christ, and if I'm in Christ, and His His perfection is given to me, I am the righteousness of God in Christ, which is Second Corinthians five twenty one says, God made Him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And so I just want to leave you with that. I want you to think about, man, are you keeping track of your sins? Are you keeping track of your tithing and your giving and your volunteering as a means of, of gauging if you are in right standing or with God or not? or are you resting in Jesus, knowing that there is no condemnation in Christ? And if you are in him, man, everything's going to start to change and shift into your mind. I can tell you right now that I list, I've listened to that sermon and multiple sermons, and I've been immersing my brain and my heart and my mind just in that truth, and I can't tell you the amount of freedom that I've been experiencing even the past month. And it's just God continually working in me to renew my mind in that truth. You know, a couple of my words of the year that I shared was focus and wholeness. <clears throat> and one thing is, my, my my goal is to be whole, right? To To focus on becoming whole. But actually, if I'm in Christ, I'm already whole. And if that's my identity, if that I'm whole and I'm righteous, man, how am I going to act? I'm going to act in accordance to my identity. And really, that's what it comes down to is you have a divine identity. You are made for, for something more than what you are currently believing or going through in your life right now. You have unlimited potential and you have God working alongside of you who is the healer, who is the author of life, who sees you as perfect and righteous when you trust in his son. And if you can live in that freedom knowing that, I have no doubts that you are going to radiate the light that lives inside of you. You're going to have right being Because you know your identity. And it's not that you have to strive to earn that identity. You get adopted into that identity. It's actually who you've always been all along. But sin and the devil and the world has blinded us from this truth. God has never changed. We, though, have put on a different lens about who God is and about who we are. And my challenge is to you is to really dive deep into your own identity that you are the righteousness of God in Christ. And I will definitely put the link to that sermon in the show notes. And I would love if you would listen to that. And even if you know me, get a hold of me and tell me how much of an impact that it's made on you. Because it's definitely, I've shared it with people already and they've already been telling me, man, wow, I don't have to strive anymore. I don't have to work harder or beat myself up anymore, I can just simply rest in the righteousness that God provides through his son in Christ. And so, yeah, I guess the last thing I want to say that came to my mind is, you know, when you think about Genesis and Adam and Eve, when they sinned in the garden, the first thing that they did was they covered themselves up and they hid from God and they realized they were naked and ashamed, right? They were naked the whole time, but they weren't ashamed. And then when they've sinned against God, this new lens came on their, their minds, their hearts, their minds, and they realized something that, wow, I have something to be ashamed about. When in reality, there was nothing to be ashamed about. Nothing changed. I mean, 10 minutes after they ate the apple, nothing changed. They were still naked. Just they were 10 minutes before they ate the apple, right? But then something happened when they did that, when they disobeyed. And so... Remember what God does, the first, the first thing he does when they eat the apple. He doesn't shame them. He doesn't condemn them. He goes and he looks for them and he finds them and he clothes them, actually. And just realize that that is God's heart for you. You, can, you could have done the worst thing in the world. You could have done the worst thing today to somebody else or to your own self. You could have done things that have been shameful and hurtful to people and who who knows, whatever that may be. And we think that our sin is what separates us from God, when actually it's our sin that draws us closer to God. Think about that for a second. He who knew no sin became sin for us, so that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. It was sin that actually brought Jesus down to earth to connect with us. And so that he would defeat sin and death and die to sin and live for righteousness to God the Father and is now seated at the right hand. And all the things that he has, he has accomplished and that he has in himself, he wants to give that to you no matter what you've done. So stop striving stop keeping track of your track you know your sins and all the good things you do and all the bad things you do and simply rest in the righteousness of God that he provides through his son I thank you for listening to this I hope you have a blessed day and if you feel led and kind please give me a rating and review as I appreciate that very much. thank you.